0: Today, we will briefly, or not so briefly, we'll open the book and see how it goes, but we'll address why dispensationalism is right. Non-dispensationalists are those who, they don't properly handle God's Word, which often leads them to eisegete instead of exegete. Not approaching God's Word dispensationally leads to forcing a meaning into the text instead of allowing the text to speak for itself. You end up placing a meaning on the text that's just not there. Non dispensationalists lack the means whereby to connect the dots. They lack the basic skills to rightly divide the word of truth because their non acceptance of how God laid out his word in a dispensational manner. Listen to the wise words of the Apostle Paul. For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness, in part, has happened to Israel, until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. That's Romans 11.25. Now, think with me. Jesus revealed multiple mysteries to Paul, not just one, but if you just acquire the understanding of this one, this one right here, it would clear up much of the misunderstanding for the non-dispensationalist. Concerning understanding, in the book of Ephesians, Paul, chapter 1, starting at verse 17, says, Our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of Him. Why, Paul? What will that do for me? Verse 18, The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of His calling, and what is the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. My. All praise to God Almighty for sharing with us, through Paul, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, so that the eyes of our understanding might be enlightened through this amazing dispensational truth. There's no place for ignorance. Ignorance can be defined as uneducated, a general lack of knowledge, unaware. But the good news is it's curable. There's help for the ignorant non dispensationalist these who have fallen for covenant theology, having yet to identify the, the biblical divisions between how, in time past, God spoke to his people through the prophets, but now is speaking to the nations through the epistles of the one apostle, Paul. Some think of themselves in, in rather high regard. They have closed themselves off to the point of being unwilling to reason through dispensational thought. To that, Paul wrote, if any man be ignorant, let him be ignorant. 1 Corinthians fourteen thirty-eight. Covenant theology, see, it doesn't work. It's a dead end at every turn. You'll fail miserably without dispensational Bible study. Mark my word, you must be dispensational. More specifically, mid-acts dispensational. The non-dispensationalists need to get off covenant ground and get on to dispensational ground. If you study this out, you'll find that most are from the Calvinists or, or from the Reformers' camp. In dealing with both groups, I've noticed that the one unbreakable cord that connects them, that they have in common, is they both ignore context. Years ago, had a Lutheran tell me that he could do all things through Christ. Hey, the Philippians chapter 4, I can do all things through Christ— doesn't mean you can beat Michael Jordan one-on-one, I promise you. If you'll simply read what Paul had to say to those at Philippi there in chapter 4, you'll see what the all things are. The all things are within the context. But the non-dispensationalists are not down with context. Sort of like this one immature fellow named Wade, who sounds like he started learning about rightly dividing about five minutes ago and has no business teaching Scripture, and proves as much by recently making the erroneous claim, and I'm quoting him, he said, God made no, he emphasizes the, the word no here, God made no covenants with man until after Exodus 18. Wait, what? This is what happens when a closet Anabaptist pretends to understand Mid-Act's dispensationalism. This is how false doctrines are birthed. Maybe when the waitster grows up and matures a little, he'll actually do the work of an evangelist and make full proof of his ministry before trying to instruct others. The prophet Isaiah gives a timeless truth that transcends all dispensations when he wrote, Whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. Pow! Direct hit. Regardless of this false claim, the word covenant appears in the Bible before Exodus 18. And the concept goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 2. So apparently Wade, he jumped in head first without doing his homework. Genesis chapter 2 verse 16. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. Verse 17. But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Any Bible student worth their salt knows this is a covenant. It's an if-then agreement. If you eat of the tree, then you shall surely die. If you don't, then you shall surely live. It's an if-then agreement, and that's what a covenant is. A covenant has conditions. One for obedience, another for disobedience. Throughout Scripture, we see the consequences that come upon Israel for breaking their covenants, just as there was a consequence of death right here for Adam and Eve. Once you learn what a covenant is, you no longer have to wait for the word to appear to know that you're reading about one. That's what sloppy Bible study will lead to. Instead of word searching, how about actually reading the whole Bible? In doing so, you might better acquaint yourself with what covenant language looks like. That way, you'll know how to spot a covenant, even though the word covenant is not there. We don't have to see the word covenant to know we're reading about a covenant any more than we have to see the word grace to know when we're reading about God's grace. But let him that wishes to be ignorant remain ignorant. Paul called others ignorant in several places throughout Scripture. Today, we're discussing the ignorant non-dispensationalist. I've spoken with many non-dispensationalists, and hey, they have Adam and Eve back there in the garden, trusting in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus for salvation. They have Noah building an ark because he trusted 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4. They have people believing in the finished cross work before it even happened. And even better, before it was even made known. I mean, the level of ignorance is outstanding. I've spoken with ignorant non-dispensationalists that have the body of Christ in the tribulation. Have the body of Christ on earth during the millennial. Having the body of Christ standing there waiting to hear their name read from the book of life. (laughs) These men obviously aren't very skilled at expositing the scriptures. Today, we don't find our instructions in the Old Testament on the left any more than we do in the New Testament on the right but inside the parentheses, in between. So when someone steps to you with their non-dispensational nonsense, just remember what your apostle said, to whom we gave place by subjection, no, not for an hour. We're to be prepared to give an answer and let no one hinder us. Don't shrink down, not even for an hour, so that the truth of the gospel might continue. See, we not only have grievous wolves that are entering in among us, but even men from our own selves are rising up and speaking perverse things on YouTube, TikTok, from the pulpit. In Acts 20, Paul warned us. He said, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock, over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers, to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock, also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. Therefore watch and remember, by the space of three years, I cease not to warn everyone, night and day with tears. Folks, watch out for smiling faces. The wider the smile, the bigger the lie. Colossians 1.27, To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Listen, if you're one of the ignorant non-dispensationalists Paul called out in the Scripture, the good news is you don't have to remain ignorant. God's dispensational truth has been made known, so you have no excuse. Get man's wisdom out of the way. Hit this book and hit it hard. Ephesians three four, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. See, it's no longer mysterious. It's only mysterious to the non-dispensationalist. The mysteries of God were revealed through the pen of the Apostle Paul. Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints. Non-dispensationalists, listen up, pay attention. The mystery has been made manifest for all to see. So why aren't you seeing this? Perhaps Paul answers it in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 when he wrote, But if our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. That's what we hope to do today. To help it shine unto you, those of you who have been blinded by that covenant theology. Ephesians three nine, To make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hidden God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. Mr. Non-Dispensationalist, you're why I turned on the mic today. I did so with hopes to make you see what is the fellowship of the mystery to share some knowledge that hopefully leads to wisdom. 1 Corinthians 2.7 We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Making this dispensational discovery will stablish you. Romans 16.25 Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. Mr. Non-Dispensationalist, I love you. I love you enough to Ephesians 6.19, Open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. 2 Corinthians 2.11, Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Don't be ignorant. In 1 Thessalonians 4.13, Paul said, But I would not have you to be ignorant. He warns against ignorance multiple times, but most will not heed the warning. Here's another one. Ephesians 5, 17. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Unwise because of their ignorance. 1 Timothy 6, 4. He is proud, knowing nothing. Knowing nothing is ignorant. Ephesians 4.18, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Romans 1.22, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Do you sort of get the impression that Paul is against us being ignorant? <laughs> over and over, he is. it's as if he's screaming at us saying, I would not have you to be ignorant. How many times now? How many times has he said this? No apostle. Hey, you can travel from Genesis to Revelation and not find anyone who goes to this length to speak out against ignorance. We are admonished to increase in knowledge so that we can do the work of the ministry as ambassadors for Christ. Colossians 1.9, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and to desire that ye might be filled with a knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. It's pretty clear. Paul leaves no room for second-guessing here. Colossians 1.28, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Why the need to warn and teach every man in all wisdom? To deliver him from his ignorance. Paul was dealing with semi-truckloads of ignorance back in his day. And if you're doing the work of the ministry, so are you. Romans 2.20, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, which has the form of knowledge and of the truth in the law. Having a form of knowledge, now that's a mouthful. That hits a multitude of today's teachers. The non-dispensationalists and even some dispensationalists. Ephesians 3.10, we'll close with this. To the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. My friend, when sound doctrine, when it takes residence in the inner man, the manifold wisdom of God will begin to reveal itself in warp speed. Christ died for our offenses and was raised for our justification. Believe on Him, and you shall have eternal, abundant life. Grace and peace.